Welcome to Fair Go, your favourite podcast about building a better tomorrow. A podcast by the people, for the people, where we share small business stories from the business owners themselves. When you encounter unfair obstacles that are too hard to overcome on your own, remember, you don't have to do it alone. Together, we can rebuild our great Southland and make Australia proud again. Join us today at fairbusinessaustralia.com.au. Well, welcome back to another episode of uh, Fair Go, a podcast by the people for the people. I am extremely blessed and excited to have the wonderful Sarah from New Earth Cafe with us today. I heard Sarah and her partner Ben speak at a recent uh, small business town meeting. Um, we had well over 600 people in the room. Gosh, it was probably way more than that, to be honest. It was probably a couple of thousand. But um, Sarah, uh, from Sunshine Coast, tell us a little bit about uh, your business and who you are and uh, what you were doing pre-COVID. Okay, thanks so much, Rebecca, for having me on. And um, yeah, it's always always great to share some hope and share a message and just connect with all the other businesses and all the other people around Australia going through the same thing. So mm. we are um, a health food cafe and marketplace store in Coolum Beach on the Sunshine Coast. My husband, Ben, and I have been running our New Earth Cafe. We started it eight years ago. Um, during that time, we've just built a beautiful little hub for the community and um, we have a beautiful courtyard outside where we have families and lots of children and we open from 7 till 2 every day. And we've just what we're all about is creating a place for the community to come and connect and mm. um, eat healthy food and, and, yeah, just learn healthy habits. So that's what we've been doing for the last eight years and it's been a beautiful journey here on the Sunshine Coast and we, we love living here. We live out at Nindari where we also have a um, – a yoga studio and we do sound healing and breath work. So we really love the Sunshine Coast and the Sunshine Coast community. Mm. Uh, but we've been doing for the last eight years. So good. Absolutely love it. So that was BC before COVID. Talk to me yeah. about uh, how COVID initially impacted your business. Now, I know you've got a, quite an impactful story recently, but how did you guys cope with COVID in uh, 2020? Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, with um, how I guess everyone went through the, the lockdowns and so there was stages where we had a significant loss of business because obviously you could only do takeaway and then we couldn't run the, the yoga studio or the breathwork or the sound healing. So uh, it was definitely sort of what we were used to doing was sort of cut in half and we just kind of pivoted and shifted and managed and we – kept all our staff employed. We've got our 10 staff members and then Ben and I. Um, and we just did the best we could. It was a bit of a struggle and, you know, we were kind of just hopeful that it would all get so sorted uh, sooner rather than later, but it just seems to um, be so unpredictable. We kind of got pretty worried with the whole situation and um, also just just the, the amount of fear in the community and uh, a lot, a lot of people really worried for the future, and talking to a lot of other business owners who were, you know, not sure whether they were going to keep running their businesses. And yeah, so it was. It's been a, it's been a um, very long and tiring and stressful uh, last last almost two years, I would say now. Yeah, yeah, it has, and it's the fatigue that's really getting a lot of people. It's 
the continuing movement of goalposts and and up until now I think there are more more people um, not so much aware that everyone was thinking that okay if this is a pandemic then the goalposts kept moving because you know the variants kept changing and the, and the the science you know the science is dynamic and the science is dynamic and the science is dynamic um but you in your own particular business you were adhering to the science's dynamic rules and what the government was telling you to do um yeah. but even adhering to those rules you actually ended up um coming a bit of a cropper both you and your staff um so so tell us what actually happened to you particularly around mask mandates um uh, earlier in 2021 yeah so uh june no july july the 25th uh was a time where the mask mandates were back on the sunshine coast and for myself personally um, I have had a collapsed lung. I was in a car crash, um, and I've had more than 20 lung infections, and and I was not very keen on putting a mask on, and mm. uh, we were doing the best we could at, at the business, and we had an interaction with police, the very first one on the 25th of July, where they, they came in and asked us if we had medical exemptions and why weren't we wearing masks. I think I believe someone probably uh, jobbed on us or reported us. We, we are across the road from pathology and where they're doing all the COVID testing. So it was, you know, um, it was a very big contrast to a health food cafe and then the COVID testing on the other side of the road. So someone obviously called the police on us and the police came and I explained to them, you know, that, that I did have a, a health condition that I wasn't able to wear a mask and, and that it was pretty hard just talking to customers and running the cafe. And it's such a loud, busy cafe with blenders going and juice machines going and dishwashers going that, you know, it was really hard for us to put masks on and work and not feel sick and have a headache by the end of the day. So yeah. anyway, the officer was pretty nice that time. He said, you know what? He goes, if you get exemptions from your doctor, um, that's fine. That's all you need. And so I, had a staff meeting with the staff that evening. I said, look, guys, I'm going to go and get a medical exemption. I've already spoken to my doctor. Um, you know, he was really worried that I might get um, bacterial pneumonia from wearing a mask. So I, I, we, we went and got uh, mask exemptions. Mm. Uh, three of the staff members chose not to and they, um, they wore masks, but the rest of us, uh, all for different health conditions, um, the seven other staff members chose to go see their doctors and get medical exemptions. And so anyway, we had those and the next time the police came in was a day later and asked us, you know, why we still weren't wearing masks. I um, offered to show them our, our exemptions, our medical certificates, and they said no. And um, then that afternoon I had another visit from two uh, more I would say older, longer standing police officers who were sergeants mm. and they came in and, and again, we had a chat and, uh, they kind of, they were really nice at that time. They said, Oh, it's, you know, so confusing. And, and, you know, do you even understand these mandates? And I said to them, like, honestly, no, everything keeps changing and mm. I don't really, but anyway, we've got medical exemptions. Would you like to see them? No, that's fine. If you have medical exemptions, um, that's all. And then, that evening I got a phone call from the same sergeant and he said, um, you know, I've checked it all out. You've got exemptions. It's all good. Uh, I hope next time I come to the cafe I'll be coming in for a cup of coffee. Yeah, great. 
And I thought, okay, great, you know, God, it's stressful enough trying to run the business at this time, mm. let alone having to, in the middle of whatever you're doing, stop and spend 20 to 40 minutes talking to police. Yeah, and they always tend to show up during service as well. <laughs> oh, and it's just so intimidating, you know. Yeah. I've got a lot of staff members under the age of 20 and a lot of them are uh, were really, really quite scared and worried and yeah. and it was hard for me at that time to even have a day off because I was worried that if I did have the day off and I wasn't present and police came that, you know, they would feel so intimidated and so scared and it just wouldn't be a nice vibe at the cafe and mm. a nice feeling for staff or customers. So I ended up pretty much being there 24-7 and then wow. by the 30th, um, it got pretty heated with police. So I thought, wow, you know, this is all done. We've done the right thing. We've got exemptions and um, police have not wanted to see them. We've offered to show them. So everything is good. We are abiding by these mandates and we're doing the best we can. Anyway, on the 30th, uh, I did actually take the day off and I was called at 9am by a frantic staff member saying the police were here. They wanted to speak to me. I needed to get down here immediately. They're basically demanding to to speak to me. So me and my husband, Ben, got in the car, um, you know, pretty nervous and just I've never had to deal with police in my life. I've never had to speak to a police officer. So yeah. it, there's always that bit of just fear and, mm. you know, gosh, what's going to happen and why do I have to uh, speak to them again today? So we got took us about 20 minutes. We got down there. They were down there, uh, very different um feeling with them this time they weren't nice at all they were um quite bossy and quite intimidating and demanding that we put masks on and now there's a new direction that you know staff who worked in hospitality had to wear masks whether or not they had a medical exemption which i just didn't believe was true like medically exempt means medically exempt it can't just change yeah. <laughs> so I um very nicely just said look we have medical exemptions and he uh, one of the officers actually said to me are you mentally ill wow that's why you have a medical exemption and then I thought wow okay they're not respecting wow. me at all wow they are choosing to speak to me in a way that is just not professional and not kind at all mm. um and yeah that brought up even more fear you know and so they said well we're leaving if you do not put masks on your staff and um, yourselves, we will come back. Oh. Uh, they came back at 11 o'clock again and they gave us uh, another talking to. Again, I said, look, I believe that we are not committing any crimes, that we are not uh, doing anything wrong, that we are abiding by the law, that we have done everything that we can do possibly to uh, run this business in a safe manner. We've got this COVID safe plan. We had the little chicken on the window. You know, we did the best that we could. Mm. Anyway, they said, look, we're going to come back this afternoon again. And if mm. you have not got your staff to put masks on, we will be fining you and arresting you. What? Um, and so, yeah, that was um, a whole nother level of, of anxiety and stress. And, you know, I said to Ben, well, I – I, you know, I, I cannot put a mask on. I, I do not want to put a mask on. I have done everything that I was supposed to do um, and I have 
done the best that I could and, and so I'm going to stand by that and, and I'm not going to allow myself to be bullied and threatened and I'm not going to let my staff or my customers be bullied or threatened. And so yeah. um, that afternoon at 3 o'clock the police arrived. It was a very quick conversation. They said, so, Sarah Parsons, uh, you're the owner of the business. Will you be making your staff wear masks? And I said, all staff members with medical exemptions, I will not be making them wear masks because I do not have the right to do that. I do not have the right to tell them to put a mask on when they have shown me a medical certificate. I do not have the right to endanger my staff at all. Um, and I'm, and I'm not willing to do that. And so they said, well, you're under arrest then. And I said, um, what am I being arrested for? And the police officer said, you are being arrested for not wearing a mask and not making your staff wear masks. So I was arrested. Um, I'm, I'm happy that Ben filmed the whole ordeal because police that evening said that I was abusive, aggressive and violent, which is not true at all. So I'm glad that Ben got footage of that because um, they were just saying the most nastiest things about me on the news and in the newspapers and saying that I was, you know, not a, a nice person at all and I kept very calm and peaceful the whole time. So I was um, put, put into the back of a paddy wagon and I was taken to the Maroochydore Police Station um, where I was then fingerprinted. They took pictures of all my tattoos. They t- took a video of me spinning around. They locked me up for four hours in a cell. Um, and yeah, when I, when I got there, they actually said, you have been arrested for not wearing a mask without a medical exemption. That, that's what they said to me. And I just was dumbfounded. I said, but I have got a medical exemption. And then the officer that arrested me, there were six officers there said, oh no, it's because she's a, hospitality worker and that that um mask exemptions don't count for them so okay let's just let's just recap what is turning into just the most gobsmacking jaw on the floor story Mm. so originally the police come in now now are these different officers each time or is it okay okay that was um it was the same police station Coolum police station Mm. But, uh, yes, over the 17 visits of police, because the story doesn't 17. end there, I would say there was about 14 different police officers. Oh, okay. So it started off really nice and you've explained the situation and they've said, okay, well, that's fine, just go get an exemption. Okay, no worries. So you complied with that, you educated your staff and then those that chose to get an exemption did and those that chose to wore a mask did and then yep. you moved forward. Then you received numerous other visits and it sounds yeah. to me like they were getting more and more and more aggressive each time they came to you. And yeah, then, absolutely. yeah. And then finally, you are arrested. Mm-hmm. And, and even what you're being arrested for is mm-hmm. up for debate amongst the officers themselves. They don't even know why you're actually being arrested. Yeah. One, one yelled because I asked again. He said, you will be arrested for putting police lives in danger. Oh my gosh. One point. I was just like, what is going on? Um, where am I living? Like, what is happening now? You know, like it was, it was very, um, it was just very stressful at the time. I was, um, put in the back of that paddy wagon and they actually continued to talk to the other staff and, and give one of my other staff members a, um, a fine. And that time I was just sitting out in the sun in the back of the paddy wagon without the aircon on or the, the the motor of the car on and my husband actually said to the cop is she going to be all right in there it's pretty hot and 
is there aircon? And then they opened the door and just let me have some fresh air. But they were just, yeah, it was just really, it was a lot and it was very stressful and they did not care about what they were doing. Uh, they were really there to teach me a lesson, mm-hmm. to be bullies. Um, and and, and that, I felt that was very sad because they are the police officers of my community. Yes, they're, they're supposed to serve and protect. And and it it's a small community, as in community. It, it, yeah, yeah, it's a community. Community. This is not this is not Victoria. No, this is the Sunshine Coast. For goodness' sake. Yeah. So my they've... staff were stressed. Mm. My customers were stressed and crying. Oh. Uh, it was pretty. It was pretty full on. And then anyway, long story short, I was held for four hours. And during that time, my husband called three times and asked when I would be released. And they said that they were going to keep me for twenty seven days. <sighs> they said they were going to keep me until my hearing. Um, where then my husband called a lawyer who called the police, and I was released within fifteen minutes <gasps> of that call. So clearly they had no right to hold you and they actually had no right to arrest you in the first place. Now, and uh, I remember, so you've been held in a, in a hot paddy wagon, not to mention that the stress on your poor husband, having to watch oh, you be treated oh. like that. I think that in itself is psychological torture that they would choose to arrest you and not your husband. Um, yeah, I mean, he uh, has said to me a number of times in the last four months, he is so angry. Um, you know, to the point of where he will start crying because he is just so angry because he feels like he was so helpless in that mm. moment. Yeah. Uh, and and he did not know what to do and he yeah. felt so unfair. Yeah. It reminds me of the uh, William Wallace when he's just got married to Murren and then they use Murren against him and they hurt her to get to him. And men, uh, they knew what they were doing. They did. They definitely knew what they were doing. So they're flexing their muscles. They have no jurisdictional right to do so. You've no. already played by the rules, which are yeah. ever-changing, and the goalposts are always changing because, quote-unquote, well, the science is dynamic. So you've yeah. been put in a hot, you know, paddy wagon, and then you've been taken to a cell. Now, you actually told me when we spoke about this that you were also put into a cell that was too cold and they refused to get you a blanket. Well, they took my shoes off and they uh, took my jumper off. So I was barefoot in leggings and a T-shirt alone working in a hot cafe. That would have been fine. But uh, I was freezing in that concrete cell and I asked for a blanket three times and uh, no one even spoke to me. (gasps) So no one said yes, no, or we'll get you one. It was just complete silence. Were you given like a glass of water or anything last year? Oh, there was like one of those little, uh, there was a toilet and a little water tap. Uh, in there, um, but there was no way that I was going to be drinking that, no. Um, and my uh, husband actually did ask. He said, can I please get her a bottle of water? She's got a very sensitive stomach to town water. Yes. And, uh, and the police just drove off. <gasps> oh, my gosh. This is, look, okay, legalities aside, this is just un-Australian on so many levels, and I don't say that to propagandise the whole thing. This is actually un-Australian. That is just absolutely disgraceful. And I want to go back to that you you felt like someone had dobbed you in. This is what happened in communist Russia. You, you didn't have to have to worry about the government. You had to worry about your neighbours who would dob you in and then someone would come along and cart you off. And that's exactly what's happened. And now a lawyer has gotten involved. I mean, sorry, where was your one phone call? Aren't you yeah. allowed to have a phone call? Look, they didn't even speak to me. Uh, they just wanted to scare me. When I stepped mm. out of the paddy wagon, there was six male police officers standing there and one female, so seven police to <gasps> greet me. Wow. 
Um, that yeah, I just so can't even imagine. Was, like, you know, I was, that was quite a frightening experience oh. to go through. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and the taking pictures of me and taking a video of me, I felt like a real criminal. Yeah. And, uh, and 15 minutes after the lawyer, you're released immediately. So, <laughs> okay, PTSD aside, because clearly your staff are probably still traumatised, the customers are still traumatised, husband is obviously still traumatised because he's bursting yeah. into tears out of anger about, about what happened and you're probably still traumatised from the way you were completely bullied and intimidated and and, and it's, it's the fear of you're not actually sure what's going to happen once well, once you put in a cell. And, and I knew that I'd done nothing wrong, but yeah. I also thought, like, if I've done nothing wrong, how is this happening to me? Yes. So it was just quite frightening. And, I mean, after that, uh, that happened on Friday. Yeah. On Monday morning I was bringing um, out a table and I was surrounded by five police officers. Again? Yeah. Why? So, uh, three Coolum police officers and two highway patrol officers, and they spent 28 minutes questioning me again. Uh, during that time, I asked, I actually asked my husband to come down to the cafe with me because I was just so shooken up. So he mm. uh, stood with me the whole time and they questioned both of us. Um, and I said, what are you here for? And the, the, the female officer said, "We're it's a courtesy visit. <laughs> um, at that time, I had customers who messaged me and said, we wanted to come in and support you, but we were too scared. That There was so much of a police presence. Uh, we were so scared. We didn't know what was going to happen um, mm. and we did not want to come into the cafe. So, mm. you know, I could talk about how many times they came. They came 17 times in total. Uh, some of the worst times was that that time when five of them surrounded me. Another time was when two police officers, very tall officers, over six foot, stood inside the cafe right next to the drinks fridge and every time a customer would walk in, they would say, where's your mask? And if the customer wasn't wearing a mask, they would tell them to get out of my shop. <gasps> Um, so wow. that was another time where it was quite shocking. Um, they had at least uh, four run-ins with, with some of my customers who were just like shocked. They said, I've just been to Coles. I have a medical exemption. I've just been to Coles and I bought a lot of food and did my shopping and now I've come into New Earth Cafe and I'm not allowed to come in here. And they would say, we don't care. Get out. You're not allowed in here. So um, they also arrested uh, one of my staff members as he was leaving the cafe. They just um, – handcuffed him and sat him down on the concrete. <gasps> they handcuffed him? They handcuffed him, sat him down on the concrete and just bullied him for about five minutes and then let him go. Um, and another time they uh, arrested one of my customers who was just drinking a takeaway coffee outside. And uh, they walked up to him. He's an elderly gentleman and they asked him for his details and he just said to them, I don't have to give you my details. I've done absolutely nothing wrong stop being bullies and leave me alone. And they actually, um, they grabbed him, dragged him to their car. We filmed the whole thing and told him to shut his mouth and be quiet. And they actually um, handcuffed him and searched him and got his details and gave him a $1,600 fine. No. Um, and it was um, for not following a COVID direction, which is so vague, right? There's just, oh. you don't know what that is. Oh. So it, it was it was like, yeah, it was three months of just, wow, just you never knew when they were going to come around the corner. Mm. You didn't know what your day was going to be like. Um, 
and you didn't know, yeah, um, what they were going to say or what they were going to try and get you to do. or It was just really a lot of bullying, a lot, so intimidating, mm. um, super stressful. Mm. Um, mm. I've lost two staff members since that time, actually, both of them, and, and the third one will be going at the end of this week. They said, you know what, this has been such a big year. We love you, but we don't want to do hospitality anymore because there's no end to this. You know, mask yeah. mandates have come back in place now at – this on the Sunshine Coast, mm. and they are frazzled. They mm. are, you know, that, I mean, by the end of it, most of the girls were were crying regularly, almost daily. Mm. And I would say all of the staff, and and we are a beautiful family. Like we we all, you know, have worked together for a long time, and mm. all of the staff were just exhausted and uh, frustrated and mm. feeling super bullied. So it was it was a lot. Um, then the court case started, so. I went to court four times. So what, um, what did you actually go to court over? So, yeah, so, yeah, good question. So the first um, summons to court was um, for not wearing a mask and not getting my staff to wear masks. So mm. I, I thought, you know what, I don't want to spend lots of money. I'm going to represent myself. Right. So I go to court on my own, not even allowed into the courtroom, even though I check on the website, there's um, exemptions are accepted. So I got to the courtroom uh the front steps of the courthouse, sorry, and they um, sent me away, gave me a phone number to call, and then um, I had to speak to the magistrate over the phone. <gasps> wow. Uh, and he basically asked me what planet I was from and what sort of philosophical ideas I had in my head and who I thought I was. And after that conversation with the magistrate, I realised that I did need to get a lawyer. Mm. I didn't, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I'd never had to use a lawyer and I just wasn't sure of the costs and I was, like, okay, wow, you know, I've got to get a lawyer. So I ended up doing a GoFundMe, which mm-hmm. got taken down within the day. Really? Yeah, so I did a GoFundMe for court costs and, and we got about $2,000 put in that from customers and people around Australia and that was uh, frozen and taken down and all those individual people had to ask for their money back. So GoFundMe was also not supportive of the cause. Wow. Getting so many beautiful customers and uh, people just – contributing to the legal costs and we were very, very lucky. And, you know, I think the community was so upset that this had happened. A lot of people know me. I've been in the community for eight years. You know, I do, I do the best I can. I try and be a good person all, all the time. So a lot of people were like, this is just not fair. We're happy to help support you mm. with your legal costs. And anyway, so the second appearance in court was with the lawyer. Again, we weren't allowed into the courtroom. Uh, the lawyer also uh, refused to wear a mask. So um, everyone's going to be, like, wondering, you know, who the lawyer was. His name's Robert Greeley from Australian Law Partners. He's um, in Brisbane. He's uh, really glad that I met Rob and that he's um, helped me and, and, Mm. you know, been really, really supportive. And he knows his stuff. So he said, you're not breaking any laws. You haven't broken any laws. You've done nothing wrong. Um, And he said that to the magistrate. And then they said, well, we're going to change the charge. So (gasps) then it went from not wearing a mask to not answering a question. No. The police prosecutor asked for nine weeks to uh, let my lawyer know what the question was. My lawyer said, well, what's the question she didn't answer? And uh, they needed nine weeks to get back to us on that one. So <sighs> it was adjourned for nine weeks. So this is a second adjournment. Mm. Uh, my lawyer said, Sarah, you've never committed a crime if you don't answer a question. This is just ridiculous. Mm. 
so anyway, after nine weeks, they can't tell me what question it is that I didn't answer and they want to change it again. Oh. They want to change the charge again. And if I don't accept to the charges being changed, then I will possibly be arrested again and oh. recharged. No. So that if I don't agree to change charges, that I'm going to be rearrested. What? Yeah. Which, you know, just just so much fear comes up again yes. with that. It's yes. gone on for so long now. Yes. Um, anyway, I, my lawyer just advised me. He said, you know, you've done nothing wrong. Just agree to the charges being changed. Like, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the next charge is not following a COVID direction. Um. And so that was the third time in court, not following a COVID direction. They want an adjournment again because um, they don't know what direction. And this is all taxpayer money as well. These police prosecutors, they're not doing this pro bono. No, no. And so, you know, this is after me having to take three days off work. Wow. Having to go to the courtroom and Mm. get my lawyer to drive up from Brisbane. (sighs) Right. So then we're due to go to court, uh, Oh, I think about three weeks ago now. Um, that was my court date. Finally, we're going to court. Start of, um, start of December, we finally got a court date. The day before the court hearing, uh, well, the week before I was offered some, you know, just plead guilty and we'll drop charges or just oh. do this, we'll drop charges. Um, and, and I just said, no, you know, I, I'd had enough by then. And I was yeah. like, I've done nothing wrong. I'm yeah. a good person. Um, this I don't deserve to have this happening to me and, mm. I, and I need to make a stand because this can't happen to other business owners. Mm. This is just ridiculous, mm. them throwing their power around like that. And yeah. so um, that evening I was called by the head prosecutor of the Suntrain Coast um, and he said, you know, we don't want to take you to court. We don't want to, you know, you're a good member of the community. You're an outstanding person and, <laughs> you know, we don't want to do this anymore and, I, basically, I just said, you know, I don't really believe a word coming out of your mouth. Yes. Now, you know, I, I don't trust police. You've lost the trust of our community. Yeah. Um, I would like to know why I was treated in this manner and why mm. my staff were treated like this and mm. why the members of the public who dined at my cafe, like why were we targeted and bullied like mm. that? And I basically said to him, if that's what you want to have a chat about, let's have a chat. Um, never heard back from him. Mm. And next morning, the charges were dropped. So... All charges were dropped and I didn't have to go to court anymore and it was all over. (laughs) Because you're such a good member of the community, which means between the lines we've got nothing on you and we're tired of trying to bully you because we know we're not going to get anywhere. Yeah, so if I was such a good member of the community, why was I treated like that 17 times? That is, I'm I'm so angry. I can't be as angry as I want to be because I know I'm on a microphone and it'll it'll blow this microphone, but I'm just... I'm astonished and yeah. furious and, like, th- th- this is Australia. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm uh, Okay. So. And you know what? I thought it was all over. So I was like, okay, God, you know, bit of relief. Just, yeah. you know, it's, it's sorted. It's done. They've dropped the charges. It doesn't yep. mean that I've finished. Yes. I, uh, it does not mean that at all. I want them to be held accountable for their actions. Okay. But, you know. Friday night, so we're talking, today's Monday, two nights ago, my uh, little brother came round to our house at 9.30 at night and there's a police car just parked, shining its lights into my driveway. No. I couldn't believe it. So they're, they're not finished. They have decided to come round to my own property, my private property. No. At 9.30 at night on a Friday night 
and investigate my driveway? What? What are they doing? What a waste of police resources. This, this, you know, this sounds like a flippin' narcissistic relationship where, where the partner is just determined to squash the other partner. I just, I'm a, I'm just, how is this? Oh my gosh. I'm, I'm just yeah, speechless. Said to me, yeah. What have you done? What have you done to annoy them, Sarah? And I said, Rob, I've never, ever spoken to a call and police officer in my life or any police officer for that matter, I have not done anything to aggravate them or do anything because I've never had to have an interaction with any of them. Right. So, you know, he thought, he goes, why are they picking on you? Like, what have you done? Wow. Okay, so, so and this and this is all over a flipping mask mandate, which is not a law that you have an exemption for. Mm. So I think, mm. I think it was really to send a message to the Sunshine Coast Coolum community to attack the community hub and to make an example of me and to scare the public mm. into compliance. Which really goes very far outside of the jurisdiction of serve and protect. Yeah, that's what I truly feel in my heart that, mm. that, that that was what that was for and that was what that was about. So, Okay, so you said it's not over in in your heart. You're you're determined now to get justice for yourself and for your community. So you're going to see it through on your side. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. And and the lawyer thinks you've got to. I mean, absolutely. He yeah. said you can wind the clock back to the moment before they arrested you, and everything they have done to up until that now has been unlawful. And uh, and they know it. Yeah, well, yeah, and this this is um, a bit of a sensitive question, but how how are you going to find the resources to carry out a, a legal battle of that well, Aaron Brockovich magnitude? Because you're you're up against the QPS. Well, so I've been very very fortunate throughout this whole ordeal to have like first of all, you know, we paid some of our own money. Uh, for this, the start of this court case, and yep. that will never be recovered. And then the community lended a huge hand, yep. and then the court costs were actually um, paid for by Rebel News. Fantastic, excellent. Rebel News uh, has done three stories on us, which you guys can watch um, on Rebel News on YouTube. And so, because, and this is a really important thing, because I uh, recorded all of these interactions. Mm. We had proof, right, and the mm. Rebel News could use that footage and could get that message out and could really expose uh, the behaviour and the bullying tactics of police mm. because the media was saying that I was aggressive, abusive and violent, and that was absolutely not true. I was not aggressive, abusive or violent one time, and it was just shone the light on the actual truth and so that was a huge help and rebel news has um fightthefines.com.au and mm. a lot of people helped there and um there was a lot of donations made to help with our court case mm. and so that complete the, the rest of that court case was then paid for by rebel news and now Wonderful. we've got um a really lovely gentleman from the community who's um stepping up to help me uh pay for the next the next stage wonderful and that yeah. and that is where aussie mates help aussie mates i'm so glad to hear that i'm, yeah, very I'm just lucky, very yeah, blessed yeah that's great that is really good and and really what you're doing is you're 
setting a precedent. Uh, you're an example for the rest of small business owners. Now tell me, all this stuff has gone down over mandates and most small business owners won't have had any issues over mm. mandates. What has happened since the 17th of December when you're now not allowed to serve unvaccinated people either because, quote, unquote, well, it's the law, even though it completely <laughs> comes under federal law, which is Biosecurity Act and Privacy yeah. Act and discrimination and all this jazz. What's happened since the 17th? Well, look, since uh, the court case and, and I guess a lot more of the wider Suntran Coast community um, realising what had happened to me, I've been mm. in contact and, um, you know, connected with a lot of business owners mm. and a lot of the call them business owners and we, we just don't want to discriminate and mm. we will not discriminate and we will not segregate. Um, and uh, a lot of the Coolum community, the cafes and the stores are now standing with me, so which, good. which is really nice to, so to see and um, to not be alone, mm. uh, and, and I think that's a really important thing, mm. to hold the line together. Mm. Um, we are only doing takeaway only. Yep. Um, but that means every person is welcome, and we have outdoor seating, which means every person is welcome to sit there and all people are welcome and no one will be questioned and no one will be made to feel like a second-class citizen and no one will be bullied. Um, and we will not be asking for proof of anything because that's not what our job description is and we do not have a right to do that. Mm. Um, so that that's how we're getting around it. And, look, we have so much support from the community and we have so many beautiful customers and we just want to create a space of, of joy and happiness and connection at this time because that is what is missing. Mm. Yeah, 100%. 100%. And it's divide and conquer. Divide yeah. and conquer. And, um, gosh, it's just so much to take in. And you've just been through so much and it's still not over. Mm. And, and, and this is the government is, is so responsible and the media is responsible as well. I mean, absolutely. The media, shocking, mm. just shocking. They need to what be held account the, for this. They really do. Uh, Once this is all over, yeah. people need to lose their jobs over this. Yeah, defamation. I mean, yeah. the thing that was said about me and the abuse I got from the wider public who do not know me at all, like that I should be burnt on a stake like no. a witch, that, no. that I'm a horrible person, that I am the reason for blah, blah, blah. You know, it was ridiculous. I mean, I'll tell you, we had at least 80% beautiful comments, mm. but we had uh, people go on and do Google Google ratings on the business and bring oh. our ratings down and mm. write nasty comments. And uh, it was just really, really sad as well to see how the media is able to control mm. the masses and, and – run a narrative that is so untrue mm. and get away with it. Yeah, and, and that is what needs to happen out of this is that they can't they can't get away with it. We actually have to take them f for damages because yeah. because COVID is what it is now because of the media. There's no way the government could have fear-mongered and spread the message no. that they've spread without the, the media being complicit at best and in partnership at worst. And it certainly seems to me watching it the few times that I do actually happen to be in the same room as a television and I get irate so I have to leave but they yeah. they are absolutely in strong partnership yeah absolutely like mm. what was most shocking to me was 
I would go to the courthouse and my husband, who I live with, who I've driven in the car with, due to COVID was not allowed to accompany me. However, the media, three or four different media entities were allowed to be in the courtroom. (laughs) So I wasn't allowed to have a support person, my husband, Mm. but they were allowed to be there. That is uh, just disgraceful. For three hours, they were allowed to release whatever they wanted to release, take pictures of me, whatever they wanted to do, and it was encouraged. You know, police would release that information immediately to them, and it was almost like I was up against just a huge monster. Mm. It really is a spiritual battle. It's it's a strong religious movement, this woke Mm-hmm. COVID's going to kill you. It, it's a yeah. corrupt judicial system, a corrupt media system. There are yeah. certain members of the QPS who are either getting swept up into it or are corrupt as well. I personally clashed myself on the 17th with a couple of police officers where I was staying in a tiny seaside town that have been in the community for 20 years and mm-hmm. and and they're throwing their own community members under the bus. And I'm like, what is going on here? And they know they're doing the wrong thing. Did you, mm-hmm. did you feel like the police officers, because my police officers – it was either stony-faced or couldn't look me in the eye. Did you feel like the police officers at some stage were, were really pushing hard against their own conscience? Yeah, look, I mean, I had one police officer who could not look me in the eye the whole time and I actually had a lot of compassion for him. I knew that he was just, oh, he just wanted to disappear into the concrete. He mm. did not want to be there. His whole body language said it. He was just so embarrassed. I, I could just tell he just... He did not want to be there. He never spoke to me. He never looked at me. He just had to. He was made to stand there to intimidate me, and he just did not want to be there. But mm. sadly, and this is what I found the hardest to deal with, is sadly most of the others felt like they were doing the right thing and were speaking to me as if I was a dirty criminal and, and as if I was someone who needed to be punished, you know, which wow. which was wor- really worrying mm. because I was just like, you guys are human beings mm. that live in community. Mm. You know who I am now. You know that I don't have any previous criminal convictions. You know that I'm just a cafe owner here to run a cafe. Mm. And you're okay with treating me like this. Mm. You think it's okay. You're willing to do this, you know. That was what was the most worrying for me. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, how could Nazi Germany ever have happened? Well, mm. Look at it now. This is how it happens. Yeah. This is how it happens. My mum's Swiss, so I spent half my life in Switzerland and um, my mum lives here now in Australia and she's very worried. She said this is how it all began. Yep. Yeah. And the thing is is that people that don't see that, they, they get very angry when you make statements like that. How dare mm-hmm. you compare Australia with Nazi Germany? It's not. It's nothing like that. It's nothing like that. I've, I've been – vilified myself a few times by other small business owners that I'm trying to help saying, you know, just it's the matrix, you're either awake or you're not. Mm, Yeah, and, you know, sadly it's like when we were at that business meeting, uh, one of the the, the speakers said, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Mm. And um, Ben actually really had it on his heart for the whole time. He's like, you're damned if you do, empowered if you don't. Because it's all mm. about stepping back into your own power. Yes. You know? you know 
what's right and what's wrong. And just yes. because everyone else is doing it doesn't mean that you need to follow and do it. Yes. Because that is the problem. Yes. That, you know, stand in your power, recognize how powerful you are as a person, as a family, mm. as a couple, as a community. Mm. Stand up for what is right. Yes. And we have you to know. step into our own power as leaders in our, in our own entities because we can't wait for the Tanya Jenningses, the George Christensons, the Ricardo Boses. We, we cannot wait for them to save us. We must stand up and save our own communities and, yeah. and the next generation. Absolutely. Like mm. what do you want your children to see? You know, mm. is, what is going to be happening if this is what we're allowing to happen now? It's, it's a test. How far can they push you? Absolutely. How much can they get to do? What Absolutely. will you be compliant with? You yes. know, it's like, it's not okay. No, and, and you're absolutely right. This is a test, and I firmly, and this is just my personal opinion, but I firmly believe that we're moving towards a social credit system if we don't push back now. And once it's all done, it's really, really, really hard to wind things back. So absolutely. we're on a knife edge now, and what you're doing is you're you're poking the beast and it's it's actually got nothing to do with covid it, it, it's everything about control and manipulation and coercion mm-hmm. and whether people see it for what it is or not mm. um if it really was about the flu then how come they're getting so close to you to intimidate you in the first place if they were really worried that you might have covid why aren't they keeping their distance well, if it really was about that, why is on the 16th everyone can eat at my cafe and on the 17th they can't, you know? Uh, yeah. And why are the borders open and why are, you know, there's so many questions that I that I have that just, they just don't make sense. No, no, they don't, they don't make sense at all. They don't make sense at all, no, at you all. You can play the pokies, you know, mm. you can go to the bottle shop, but then you can't go to a cafe, so. <laughs> just it's ridiculous it is it is absolutely really ridiculous and i think more and more and more people are waking up even even people who have run with with what i personally believe to be the narrative for a long time and now suddenly going well hang on a minute i towed the line for you for 18 months and now you've moved the goalposts again you know you're getting a lot of people now that um are double jabbed and what why do i now again have to wear a mask i'm double jabbed oh and now i have to get a booster in three to six months well why do I have to do that? Because I just went and did everything else. And so even now, um, people who, you know, this was about COVID and this was about keeping each other safe and, you know, we were doing it for the greater good. It, now people are going, well, okay, well, how many more times are you going to move the goalposts? Exactly. So, yeah. and, and I've noticed that in the community as well, you know, after this happened to me, a lot more people just went, no, this is, no, we've got a, a lot of people actually said to me, it was thanks to you being arrested, sorry to say, that I actually woke up to everything. Really? Because wow. I know who you are as a person and I know you wouldn't have been aggressive, violent or abusive, but the mm. fact that the media was saying that, I thought, what else are they lying about? Oh, yeah, exactly. Hiding, yeah. hiding, misrepresenting, misinforming, lying, let's just call it for what it is, it's lying, and they do need to be held to account for it. They really do. So what what does gosh there's so much to digest what does life look like on the other side of when you are successful and you win this case and this is probably going to be a long game for you they're going to stretch it out because they can and they're going to use taxpayer dollars to do that which is just disgraceful but 
What what does life look like for you whilst you're playing the long game and on the other side of the long game? How do you see your own life being better and a rebuilt Australia? What does it look like for you? Well, look, I mean, I still feel very, very blessed to live here on the Sunshine Coast. I have a beautiful partner, a beautiful family, a wonderful community. Mm. Um, so I'm very hopeful. And, you know, I, I have my own practices. I, I eat very well and I make sure I get enough sleep and I do my yoga and my meditation and I am okay with this taking a long time. Um, I think that I am willing to, to hold the line and, and I want these people who have just been bullies and been really nasty to be held accountable so that this doesn't happen again to someone else in the community who maybe possibly doesn't have the toolkit mm. that I have yeah. to cope with it, that yeah. doesn't have a mental breakdown. Because I'll tell you what, this is the first time I've had to go to a psychologist and I, I, she wow. said to me, oh, you know, a rating of PTSD is 21. She said, you're at about 37. Wow. And and, and I still feel really good. I do. And, um, you know, I still have a lot of joy in my life and I'm still very happy, but I do notice that I need to sleep more and that, you know, I might be a little bit more reactive and mm. and, and, and absolutely a bit more stressed. But mm. I go into nature. I have my beautiful animals. I, I do all the things I love. I keep running the cafe because I love to share healthy food with other people. And, and so I am hopeful that good is going to come out of this. And I truly believe that whatever happens to you happens for a reason. And mm. I believe that the universe always does have your back. And that sometimes people are used for certain things because they can handle it. They wow. can make a difference. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I don't like, you know, I, I feel like I've learned so much from this experience. And I, I actually, I don't, I wouldn't say, oh, you know, erase it all. And uh, if I could wish it all away, I would. I wouldn't because I've grown a lot from mm. this and I've uh, really been asked to step into into my power and what I think is right and wrong. I feel like it's such an important question to ask yourselves at this time. Mm. Um, and I feel like it's just, yeah, it's been really important for me and for my husband to go, you know, what sort of world do we want to create? What sort of world do we want to contribute to? Mm. How do we want to show up in the world? And, mm. you know, what sort of offerings do we want to share with the community? And, and are we in the right community and are we surrounded by the right tribe of people? And I think all those things for us is a yes. And so we will just continue to stand here on the Sunshine Coast in Coolum and, and, and feel completely supported in that as well. Wow. Wow. Oh, so good. And just before we finish up, and I would love to check back in with you in a few months' time to find out yeah. how's everything going. Yeah. But um before before I let you go if if you if you had to just give one takeaway to the the business owners or the community members that are listening to this interview now what what would you say to them a marketing tip or a covid tip or a lifestyle tip or mental health like what would you like to say to whoever's listening right now Um I think the reason why I was able to handle all of this was because I do look after myself mm. you know I, I eat well, I get enough sleep, and I look after myself. And as a business owner, you go 24-7 and you can get stressed and tired and fatigued. And I think that was one of the, the, the most important things is that I knew, you know, there was some times during this couple of months where I just said I need to sleep all day. Mm. I need to 
have the day off. I need to remove myself from the situation. Yeah. And, and it's important, like, make sure your cups are full um, and you are well so that you can stand in your power and so that you can hold the line and, and, and also make sure that you film everything. Yes. That's been a really big lesson for me, film yes. everything, because that is your way of making sure that the truth is told. Mm. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Oh, Sarah, it's been, uh, oh gosh, a, a pleasure. And yet even just listening to what you've gone through, I feel I feel fatigued in and of myself just listening. But at the same time, I feel so energized knowing that there are so many leaders in the community like yourself that are willing to come under the pressure and, and go through the pressing that you've gone through for the benefit of the community on the other side and for the next generation. And together we are strong and together we can rebuild our nation. And I think this is just the tip of the iceberg because we've got a lot of stuff that needs to be rebuilt, our educational system, our judicial system, our political system, media and the entertainment. Like there are a lot, a lot, a lot of things that we have to win back. But yeah, talking to you has just been so awesome and I'm really looking forward to connecting with you again uh, in the new year. Is there anything else that you would like to leave the listeners with before we sign off for today? Um, I guess we're not alone. Mm. You know, there's so many of us. So just find your tribe and um, stay connected and, and, and look towards a future that you want to create. You know, stop focusing on fear. Mm and start focusing on what you want this world to look like. Mm. And I think that is so important. They want us to be stuck in fear and to keep worrying and looking at all the things that they want us to look at. And it's really important to just unplug sometimes and, and, and call in a future and and choose how we wish to feel in every moment and create, you know, create a better world together because there's lots and lots of us. Mm, so good. Yeah, we're not the fringe-dwelling um, minority. No. <laughs> Even though no. the media keeps going on that we are, we're not. Yeah. No, we're not. We're not. We are. No. 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 Well, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I really look forward to interviewing you again. Um, blessings on you and your own for Christmas and uh, we'll speak with you in the new year. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Thanks for having me on and lots of love to all the listeners out there. Thank you. Have you got an inspiring story to tell? Register your business now for your chance to be featured on our Fair Go podcast. Ready to lend a helping hand? That's great. You can chip in through the website. Remember, 100% profit goes directly back into local small business. Together, we can rebuild this great Southland for ourselves and the next generation. Go to fairbusinessaustralia.com.au